welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. This is Ash. Welcome to another episode of the internet's very first K-pop podcast. Don't fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure we were the first. Um, Thank you for joining us. I am joined by my trusty co-podcasters, Jimin. Hi. And Nat. Hello. And we had a full slate of news and discussion topics for this episode. I do want to start off by covering a topic that was covered or will be covered as of this episode in a very special mini-sode. But just to kind of go over the, I guess, what happened and if there's like any updates on the situation such as it is, uh, what was pretty much the biggest news of the week, uh, Chen and his shotgun wedding. So I know you guys, Jimin and Nat, you both had a very lively discussion about what happened. And as of this recording, I'm pretty sure nothing has changed. I'm pretty sure Chen is still getting married to his baby mama. I don't know if you guys discussed it, but apparently, from what I understand, he has been dating her for some time. From what I understand, XOLs had done quite a bit of detective work and had like taken pictures of them on vacation or something. And there was like a very expensive bed and a humidifier involved. I don't know, something, something like that. But anyway, apparently they've been together for some time and fans have known about it. And it was one of those things where the cover up was in effect and it was just a case of it not getting out and or him not, you know, getting in a situation where he had to be committed to her. Um, obviously, things are different now. And I mean, I haven't given my opinion on it. My opinion is pretty much this, which is that he's an adult. He can do damn well whatever he wants to do if he's in a relationship with this girl and he wants to get married to her because she's pregnant or because he loves her or because both or because he feels it's the right thing to do. I mean, that's up to him. Obviously, fans are not going to see it this way. I have read on various uh, translation sites and such that, I mean, even though there is some backlash, I guess, which is to be expected, that the backlash is not as bad as it could possibly be because Chin is not one of the more popular members of the group. And if it was, say, Baekhyun or Kai, the reaction would have been a lot different. And a lot of Korean K-pop fans, their reaction kind of amounted to, I'm just glad it's not my bias that this happened to. Uh, because the whole country would have been burned down to the ground, which is interesting to me because on the one hand, you could say that this is progress in some sense because 
you know, it wasn't a situation where dispatch outed him or had photos of his pregnant girlfriend and they were forced or they were being blackmailed and they were forced to come. I mean, they chose to come out with the information and it very much was kind of a power move, I guess, to just put it out there and be like, I'm getting married and I'm making this decision for myself and, you know, whatever it means to the group, it means. But at the same point, I don't feel like the K-pop fandom as a whole has really matured enough to properly deal with this kind of revelation. I think the real test will be when we see a really popular member of a group have this happen to them and having to deal with the fallout. And who knows if that will ever happen I mean, we've still, I mean, look at Super Junior. I mean, we've still got that whole situation where as old as those guys are, they're kicking people out for getting married. So in summation, I will say congratulations to Chen and good on him for making his decision that he needs to make for his life and not feeling that he has to apologize to fans and that he has to make concessions for his life. I, it's just, I'm sure, Jimin, I'm sure you and Nat already kind of went through the whole spectrum of fans and how they feel possessive of idols and feel like they own them and all of that. And it's just, I can't imagine being in that kind of, or having your life be that restricted by your fans. I mean, that it's so, it's such an interesting relationship because on one hand, I'm sure they're very thankful to their fans and they appreciate them, but there's no way that there can't be some residual, I guess, resentment there for not being able to have a normal life that other people your age would would have. So again, let's let's get back to this conversation when Kai or Bacon or hell, you know, Jimin or Jungkook get somebody pregnant and they get married. And let's see what happens because my, my mind is <laughs> Jungkook. <laughs> Because I think that will be the real test of this, how far we've come uh, as a fandom. And I think, yeah, it, that's that's my feelings on it. I look forward to listening to what you guys had to say, because I'm sure it was very funny. And that you guys covered a lot of ground as far as idol worship and I don't know, a whole lot of other things, as you guys tend to do. So, um, Yeah. As of this episode, I'm not sure whether it will come out before or after, but you guys should take a listen to it because it will be, it's very comprehensive and I'm sure it will be great. So yes, any, do you guys have anything else that you haven't said about the situation that you want to say or 
anything else that you've read or seen online about the situation? Any updates or anything? Not really. I feel like uh, we covered everything and then some in our mini-sode, which will air before this. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I don't think there's anything that's really changed. People are still pissed. (laughs) He's probably going to, like, get married and then go to the RV. (laughs) So... I feel like that's probably in the cards and yeah, that's just about an Excel will probably be on like a weird subunit thing, like hiatus where it's just going to be subunits and solo artists. That's it. And like, until yeah. they come back. And you guys really think that they're, that it's going to affect EXO though? Like, I mean, I don't really know EXO like that. I don't think so. Like, Cause as you mentioned, sorry to interrupt, but like yeah. Chen is not the most popular member of the group. Right. That's and what- Surmise. so like i i but it's hard to tell because like they are really they get really in their feelings when like they get married i mean dating is like bad in in, in their opinion and enough but like being a whole dad and like <laughs> you know getting married and taking that step it does i don't know it sort of like changes how people perceive you like i feel like it's it's a it touches on the ages in there as well a lot because I saw some comments of like oh what he's gonna be like jumping around stage and dancing and singing you know about how much he loves this, this girl and call me baby and he's a father and I'm like well yeah that's what they like what I'm confused like Justin Timberlake still does it Usher still does it uh Michael Jackson still, still do it yeah, yeah. Like, what, are, <laughs> what are you even talking about that makes zero sense but you know people. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it a lot and about, you know, the entitlement of fans. And that's kind of where it comes down to the entitlement and, you know, how the industry pushes that sort of entitlement because they want your money. And so it's sort of like these two forces sort of come together and make things worse and more serious than they need to be. So, yeah, that's it. All right. Well, moving on i guess the couple that gets their hair braided together stays together because tiana and her boo idan apparently decided to go out and have a little salon time together and posted it on social media and they were at a uh, beautician in korea and they were getting their hair braided (laughs) and it was it was very interesting. The response to it was very interesting. About what you would expect. Uh, the interesting thing to me was just how proud Hannah was of her hair. Uh, she really looked happy that she got this reggae hair done. Uh, the multicolors, the braids. Um, it was a mess. And um, she got rightfully dragged. But I'm I'm honestly, when I saw Kiana trending and saw the pictures, I was not even surprised. Um, this is a continuing <laughs> thing in K-pop where we've got people getting... Um, hairstyles done that they name after black hair styles that occur naturally for us um, that they have to get done with copious amounts of styling product 
in order for it to stay. And it's one thing that I didn't notice was I, I mean, I didn't do a very thorough run through of Twitter or anything, but I did see, I, I was surprised that I didn't really see anyone supporting Hina. I mean, I, I was kind of shocked that I saw her getting dragged as much as she did just because, well, actually I'm not really surprised because just when you see a boy group that gets the reggae hair, gets the braids done, the reception is usually a bit different in my eyes. I don't know if it's just me. I mean, do you guys feel that Hyuna was rightfully dragged or that she, you know, was getting dragged more than say Idan was, or maybe some of these boy groups in the past that have gotten similar types of hairstyles done. I, I just felt like it was, the response was a bit more, was a bit more harsh than we kind of typically see in these situations. Um, I did not, like, I saw a lot more people just being like, oh, wow, someone else is doing it, you know, kind of thing. And just like, in terms of the jokes, I feel like people were joking, but nobody was like, I've never, I didn't see anybody say they were going to cancel her or anything, you know? Um, So I think it's like, we've hit this place in K-pop where like black fans are like, well, here we go again. And you know, like they sort of just like move along, like, yeah, you're trash. Yeah. You shouldn't have done it. But a lot of, I guess a lot of the fans were like, well, I'm not going to stop listening to Hina. So um, she's trash for this. And I'll like, you know, always remember that she's trash for this, but like, let's move it on. And that's kind of more so like the vibe I've been seeing, like people are dragging her. Yeah. But as I said, I didn't see anybody saying they were going to cancel her. I didn't see anybody say, like, demand an apology. I just saw a lot of jokes, to be honest. Like, people just, like, be, like, not even just, like, haha, funny joke, but, like, kind of, like, I'm tired joke. And, um, yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, for me, whenever, like, my major thing is, like, obviously, like, it's not even just the fact that they get braids and, like, they're so proud of it. It's the fact that, like, they look down on Black people, in their hair and you know and you know you know their manner of speak and things but they emulate them like black people so much and like they have to put laws in place for you for like a black person to have braids but like this asian girl is going to get it because it's cool and it's trendy like it 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 rubbed me the wrong way and then on top of that they call it reggae hair like that doesn't even make any sense you're stupid honestly (laughs) like i'm saying that right now y'all you guys are all stupid it um, never made sense to me. I mean, because, I could, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was like, just like, how, like, why are you calling it reggae hair? Like, first of all, like, what about, like, if you mean like locks, just say locks. I mean, I'm sure like there's so many loan words of English in Korean that you can just say locks or like, I guess if you want to be politically incorrect, which is very Korean with of doing things when it comes to black people as well. You can just say dreadlocks. But like reggae hair doesn't make any friggin' sense. Like they're braids. They're not dreads. They're not locks. They're not even twists. These are braids. Like at least get that right if you're going to say it. And and the fact that they keep doing it and I know that they know better, like by now they have to know better. They they have to know the difference between a twist and a braid because it's it's on the internet and they have like the fastest internet speed. So 
it's not like they don't have access to that information. So it's like this really weird, like vibe of like ignorance that is really kind of more annoying um, than anything else. Cause I mean, if you're going to be like offensive, like at least come with actual like correct terms and shit. Like, don't, like you just like, I don't know. It's so stupid. I, I guess maybe because I'm also Jamaican. And so like every time I hear the word reggae, hair i'm just like this is the dumbest fucking thing i've ever heard in my life like you guys are stupid and i (laughs) i don't like it i hate it so much i hate it i hate it almost equally to the hair part to be honest like i just really don't like the term reggae hair because it doesn't really make any sense it's like they just threw like two n-word words together and just said like this is a thing and it's like what (laughs) um and i like i mean I remember when there was that one girl, I can't remember her name, who was like, she went on a date with some guy and she was making out with some Korean guy. And like, I don't know she said her his car smelled like kimchi or he smelled like kimchi or something like that. And people got at her and she was like all canceled and whatever. And I'm like, like, that's exactly the same thing, guys. Like, are we not? <laughs> Well, yeah, it means different when it happens yeah. to you, you of know? Of course, of course. So it's just, like for me, it's like two prong because I hate the term reggae hair. I hate it so much. Like when Kai did Coco Bop and he had that hair, he he was calling it reggae hair. Like I just hate it so much. But also I hate when they do these things. But also like it's Hina. Like did anybody not catch like the gorilla theme in red? Like I'll, every time like I think about Hina and and people want to be like, oh, you know, she's she's done so much for this and she's done so much for that. I just think about like Red and how like they hired an actual black guy to be like the gorilla in that dance scene. And I'm just like, um, yeah, like give me a non-problematic idol that isn't like Junkin and IU and we can talk. You know, like <laughs> I feel like <laughs> at this point and we should maybe do like a mini sewed on this or I don't know. I, I, I want to do an entire like study or something. Sure. It's, it's almost like a su- survival instinct at this point for black K-pop fans. Like I see this stuff happening and read what, you know, black K-pop fans say and how they react. And like, you're saying that it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, they look at it and you're like, yeah, okay. So ever what else is new? And it's like, it's it's like how you know why how are we still holding on and why you know at this point it's like if these actions were done by other people like i said it's very selective like cancel cancel culture is is selective in general it's selective in k-pop it's just kind of like you cancel somebody until you don't really want to and with k-pop being what it is like black k-pop fans know the drill you know you get into the genre and you figure out very quickly you know what the deal is and it's like you know what is the the mindset (laughs) that you know you kind of have to like create for yourself to kind of deal with the messiness and you know is it like are you making concessions for people that you normally wouldn't make concessions for you know because of you know you 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 think this guy's you think these guys are hot and they sing and dance really well so 
you know, all right, you know, I'll, I'll let this problematic thing here pass. But, oh, these are girls and I don't really care about girl groups and, you know, they're annoying anyway. So, you know, they're canceled sort of deal. Or then you've got some of the fans that will let really egregious stuff slide and they're just kind of not you can't save them in any way you know they're the ones that let their friends say the n-word to their face you know those kind of people but i just find it fascinating because it's kind of gotten to the point where there's a big enough community of us where i i just you know it's kind of like you look around and it's like okay what is keeping us here and i know that's kind of an existential kind of kind of question that you know, maybe isn't kind of, it is too big to like kind of discuss on a limited, you know, hour or two hour podcast. But I, I do think about that a lot, you know, when I go on discussion forums and like social media and things like that. I mean, I do have my moments where I, I see stuff that happens and you, you kind of do get kind of irritated or, or you want to like just say, okay, you know what, I'm done with the whole thing. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but oh, I think it's it's something that you kind of always have to come to terms with, like as a K-pop fan who is a black woman, especially because I feel like black men are more prone to let things slide uh, just because I feel like I personally do feel like the world hates black women a lot more than they hate black men. Um, and also the world sort of depends on black women a lot more than they do black men in, in a lot of ways in terms of like, you know, uplifting and taking care of people and, you know, being right or die. I feel like in that sense, a lot of the ways like, uh, you know, where, you know, black women were the ones at the forefront, they're on the front lines and things like that. And with K-pop, there's a lot of black female fans, you know? So uh, you see a lot of them, you know, do, pulling that like ride or die mentality into it with their idols. And I mean, it's not that deep for me. Uh, I, I do get like the whole existential thing. I feel like I'm past that at this point because I did stop sort of listening to K-pop for a while. And then um, I took a break from B, from Big Bang and I was kind of like, fuck these guys for, <laughs> for a bit. And then like, you know, top, you know, had the attempted suicide and I was just like well you know I'm like emotionally compromised at this point even though I I you know I swore off this group um so you know at this point I was kind of just like well am I in or am I out kind of thing and because I decided that I was going to be in I was just like well you know there's going to be stuff that you don't agree with the stuff that you don't see you know like you have to kind of like make your way through it and like you can't like for me personally, I can't be into anything that's like so stressful and that's so demeaning. Uh, but on the flip side, it's once again, as a black woman, what is it? You know, like if I'm not fighting racist in K-pop, I'm fighting racist in sci-fi, I'm fighting racist in anime. Like all the things that I really like are like crazy races. <laughs> so in a lot of ways, it's like, what am I supposed to do? Am I like not supposed to watch Attack on Titan anymore? Or am I not supposed to watch like the Vampire Diaries anymore? Or am I not supposed to like uh, listen to Big Bang? You know, like what am I going to do? There is like, there's, there's no sort of escape. It's really like, it's very, very rare for me to find something that is like unproblematic 
in a lot of ways. Um, outside of, I would probably say maybe like cartoons, like more adult themed cartoons, like Final Space and Archer. Like, I feel like those are kind of safe spaces in a lot of ways, probably because the female leads are black. Um, and so, and, and because like everything is a joke in a way. So like when, you know, like something lands, that's kind of like, Hmm, it like, it's, it's free for all in a lot of ways. Whereas, you know, you're watching things like Merlin and people are like, Oh, it's not realistic that Gwen is a black woman. Um, and it's like, well, there are, the show is narrated by a talking dragon, you know, like I don't really have those type of discussions or arguments. I can kind of like enjoy it as it is. And the fans are always fun and the creators and the people behind it are always fun. So it's different. Um, and in comparison to other things that I like where you have like Mr. Popo on um, Dragon Ball Z, uh, who, you know, was like this minstrelly looking black face dude who is hella problematic and, you know, people talk about it, but they really don't talk about it. And it's kind of like a thing or, you know, like, you know, we talked about anime and we talked about like how they, the, the Japanese animation makes them kind of look like they're white people. And some of them do have English names. So it's like kind of up in the air in a lot of ways, but also like when they show Chinese people on the anime or when they show black people, like it's so exaggerated and just like minstrelly also at the same time. So it is like this, <laughs> There's always there's always something to discuss in terms of racial issues, in terms of misogyny, in terms of colorism with pretty much everything. So yeah. and I mean, I don't want it to be like, oh, well, you know, well, I can't enjoy anything kind of thing, whatever, because it's it, no, that's I mean, not an excuse either. Yeah, I guess I just I mean, that's me. Like, I'm always over analytical about things but i yeah. guess i guess because of the fact that k-pop is so much more like when you think about racism and other like other mediums it's more about the product right like you're watching a story that might have a character that's racist or may depict you know black or poc characters in a racist way or you know, things of that nature. But I think K-pop in its nature, it's the product is is the performers. You know, you're becoming attached to these people that are performing and you're giving them your money. And they, these individuals that might are, are racist, you know. Yeah. So you're supporting these, you know, you're directly supporting these people. And, you know, you're you're you giving them your love and affection and and these are people that may see you as less than human so it's it's an interesting dichotomy um because i you know i do find myself saying sometimes like how can you support this person when they've said this and you know, I always think about, I don't know if I could meet such and such in person because how can I look them in the face knowing that they've said this about people that look like me? And obviously, like you said, everyone has a different, I guess, line that they cross, but it is something that, you know, obviously as a Black woman, I do think about. And it's just for me personally with k-pop i think because people become so attached to invested invested in these people yeah. that's what really 
makes me, I guess, very interested in the whole psychology of it because it's like, these are people that would otherwise, you know, cancel Camila Cabello for the things that she said, or, you know, you know, say, oh, well, she shouldn't be performing at the Grammys because, you know, she rightfully, you know, should have something said to her about how she's treated a person in her group that was black or things that she said. But then, you know, on the other hand, you know, you listen to someone that's from another country and, you know, you make excuses because, you find them attractive, you know, uh, I mean, yeah. and which is fine, but I guess for me, like you said, for me, it's the psychological aspect of it, I guess. I mean, I, for me personally, and that's just me personally, I would not be able to go and say, I would want to meet this person or this idol or, you know, would want to you know, directly support them if they said something about Black people that was racist. And I just, because to me, I would always think about, you know, if they see us in that way, how, what do you think is running through your mind if they met me? And I mean, that's just me personally, but I just, I do find the whole thing fascinating and it's, I, you know, one day I'm going to write a thesis paper on it, but it it's just, it's, it's a very interesting, it's an interesting phenomenon. Um, yeah. You'll um, find it's, it's very interesting the way different people kind of react to it. I mean, you find a lot of, you know, hypocrisy and double speak. <laughs> of course, of course. And like, for me, I, I'm not like, going to brush things in the rug i feel like regardless of you know um the the criticism that i i put on on certain people like i i'm free for all when it comes to criticism like i don't i could love you to death but i could also be like shut up please don't ever speak in public you know like i i'm not gonna i'm not like a fan who is always you know gushing about her fave and and acting like they're perfect I mean, even if like to me, they are perfect, if they've done something that I don't agree with, like I don't agree with it and I'm not going to sort of sugarcoat that. And I think that's something that I had to sort of come into as a fan because I was very quick to like defend people a lot when I was younger. And I feel like that's what you see a lot of the time here in K-pop where people because it, it because K-pop is built on this relationship between the fan and the artist, you and and they're always sort of like acting like you know them, you know who they are, and you know whatever. Uh, it's sort of easy to see how people can defend these these things because they they already feel like they know the idol and they know that the idol would never do something like that. And you know I know the idol better than you do because and that because you're not a real fan because if you were a real fan you would know that this is what they meant to say and this is what they meant to do and blah blah blah. So I feel like with k-pop especially like because of that relationship it's so easy to understand why people are like so ride or die and people will you know say some kunas like shit you know because it, it's it's sort of bred into the the fandom and i mean 
it is a double-edged sword because then you have, you know, somebody getting married and it's like, how dare you betray this relationship? I did everything for you. You know, I defended you, blah, blah, blah. And like, this is what you do kind of thing. So it is, I mean, it does come back to, to bite them in the ass eventually <laughs> for the most part, but yeah. uh, like in terms of the way that K-pop fans especially act, yeah, it's it's because of that sort of symbiotic relationship that they have with the with the fans. And you know, criticism is is just that. It's criticism. Like you I find it very impossible to believe that you could like every single thing about a person. Like like every single thing about a person. I I just don't think it's possible. I don't. Like and and there's things and people and whatever that I adore to death, like adore to death. Like, you know, if they're on tour, if they're like playing or whatever, I am there. Like I'm that big of a fan, but also I'm just like, go outside, you know, go for a walk, (laughs) live your life, figure things out. You know, like it, it, we're all learning, I guess. I don't know. I just, yeah, I guess for me, I just feel like I wouldn't tolerate that the kind of behavior from an idol or by bias or whomever that I wouldn't tolerate someone in real life. Like to me, the moment you say, Oh, you know, you have usher lips or you have, you know, you look like Samuel L. Jackson or whatever, whatever that breaks, you know, whatever, you know, every comment, every blackface incident, all of that, it, that breaks. I don't see how that doesn't break the fantasy. And for someone where that doesn't, break the fantasy i'm interested in how that's able to continue do even with the the continuous instances you know that happen it that doesn't deter you you know it and i'm not i'm genuinely curious you know and i don't know i i feel like it's it's coming i'm feel like someone at the New York, New York Times and hopefully not because that that place that is a mess yeah like a big old racist mess yeah um, but, <laughs> but you know I will say something like you did mention like you know the black fandom is like a little bit more I won't say organized but like aware of each other in a lot of ways now more mm-hmm. so than before and I think that's why you saw like a lot of jokes <laughs> between the black fans um about like Huna's hair and stuff like that and you know like there was a lot of that going on more so than defense but you know black people it's, we have it's, more it's power than we yeah. sorry oh go ahead oh no I was just like we have more power than we use in a lot of ways um yeah. when it comes to mobilizing and when it comes to um, just like reactions and things like that but we like don't use it so <laughs> yeah. I, I like I'm not holding my breath about that to be honest with you I I feel like we you know we are so powerful I mean we pretty much drive social media at this point and it's like we're not using that like whenever you see things you still see the same white faces oh they add a, a bunch more white women they benefit from it. Like they benefit mostly from affirmative action, but you know, you don't really get to see black people sort of um, being able to take advantage of that and like that power in the same way. So yeah. Okay. Well, I've talked too long on this issue, but to 
be continued, um, yeah. whether in a paper or an article or a mini sode. Um, yeah, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will be talking about another instance of something similar happening again. Yeah. So, moving on. Were there any comebacks that you guys? Uh, I think BTS is going to be a separate thing um, oh, when we talk okay. about them later. But was there any recent comebacks? I know that well, we watched a few in the MV. We do have the comeback from Luna. So they're teasing that right now. And one of the members, I can't remember who fit, who was, if it's like Hustil, um, they're going to be sitting it out for anxiety. And mm-hmm. that's something that, you know, is popping up a lot more in K-pop. And, uh, but they're doing a lot of the um, promo stuff for Luna's comeback. And I do feel like it's going to be number one because Luna's fan base is just... <laughs> they're killing it right now i feel like luna's fan base though is a thing where i keep hearing them and seeing them but i don't like luna does very well um as far as sales and digital but i feel like their fan base is almost kind of all bark and no bite like they don't do quite as much as you would expect them to do i mean maybe that will change this time around but i always expect luna to be more successful than they are right now considering how vocal their fan base is yeah i think i agree with that i do because it's like yeah you know they're topping the charts and things like that and i mean that's great obviously like internationally topping charts but they don't really there's no real like bang there at least you know with blackpink and these and like what they're doing in the states and world tours and stuff like that luna is still very much like feels very new ish which makes sense. I mean, they've only had one album in a repackage. So it's not like, mm. you know, they have like albums and albums of stuff. Um, and I, as a group, they've been together like as a solid group for a fairly short period of time, if you think about it, because it's they spend like a year and some doing the whole solo thing in like the unit. So as a group, you know, they they haven't had as much time as as you would think. So I get it. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting because I don't think Korea is really there for Luna. So um, it's more like the international fan base. And I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of groups do have like really big international fan bases. And that's usually like what's propelling them, like with CLC and things like that. But I feel like you need a Korean fan base to anchor you. I'm starting to see like the yeah. difference between... BTS and like Winner. Winner has a very fairly solid Korean fan base. It's not like crazy huge, you know, like they're not um trending forever in some ways, but because they have variety, because they're well known to the Korean public, they have that sort of um sort of base and 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 it's something for them to kind of come back to and I feel like that is going to be so much more beneficial to you in the long run than if you have this huge international base and like yeah. nobody in Korea knows who you are, you know? Because like, at the, yeah. Cause at the end of the day, that's where, I mean, for most of them, I mean, unless you're BTS and even with them, it's kind of remains to be seen how long the international interest will go and how long it will last and all that stuff. Um, that remains to be seen, but for most of them, it's, the endorsements, the the TV shows, all of the homegrown stuff is what gives you the career longevity and yes. gives you the money and all, all of that. The the 
it gives you a comfortable lifestyle and gives you fame that, you know, a lot of them are looking for. So, yeah, I mean, I, that makes complete sense to me. I mean, obviously, I think a lot of them will take what they can get. But at the same time, that's why, I mean, even, you know, with BTS, I've seen international armies complain that they pander to the Korean army, you know, way more. They do more special things for them than they do for international fans. And I mean, I see why, because they want to keep that fan base happy because at the end of the day, that is their home country. And that's where, I mean, for right now, that's where the stability is. They don't know how, you know, this is a new thing. They don't know how stable the international market is or how long, you know, when these guys go to the army, you know, what is, you know, what's the reaction going to be with that? How long are these fans, English fans going to stay? They don't know. So, I mean, it makes total sense to me. Zico came back and got the perfect all kill for any song and was like very meme worthy. Um, As you can see with all of the uh, idols and, and uh, just, television personalities that were doing the any song um dance i guess if you want to call it yeah i feel like they just really like Zico. i mean i didn't really find anything too remarkable about the song or the video to be honest but i guess he's just like one of those artists where people just really anticipate him and what he does yeah and you know again he's someone that's well loved in korea and unless he severely messes up I mean, he's got a stable career and can kind of do whatever he wants. So, yeah, yeah. I definitely agree. And then Taeyong came out with the repackage for Purpose and it has three new songs. And they are all very uh, in line with the weather. So they're very adult, contemporary, um, positive messages in all the songs, but also like very, none of them are very... um, high energy <laughs> yeah. Uh, very yeah just sort of sit on a chair with a guitar and sing kind of songs <laughs> yeah uh, not really my thing but no. i'll give her props for you know for doing songs that present a positive message so i'll give her credit for that yeah absolutely and i think that is kind of about it for comebacks because, yeah, we'll talk about BTS's Black Swan a little bit later. Yeah. So, in other news, Sungri, for the second time in, uh, I guess, this case with Sungri, and um, f- it's following the initial rejection of uh, an arrest warrant last year uh, for the whole burning sun mess prosecution recently filed again after adding charges. So they were trying to get him arrested a second time. However, the judge deemed it unnecessary. So pretty much uh, as a whole, it seems like he's not going to really face any charge charges or any kind of, consequences at all for what he did other than his tarnished reputation but a really cynical part of me feels like that if he waits long enough that he I don't know there's that contingent of 
Sungry fans out there that makes me think that he's going to try and come back at some point in the future and do something. And I, I don't know if he could come back from this, but he definitely has fans out there that are supporting him. So, oh, I don't yes, know. I have definitely seen um, the OT5 Big Bang fans uh, who are just like, you know, as soon as you mentioned Sungri or if, like, even if you're just like translating an article about the case, you're like, oh, this is unfair. You're doing this, you know, spreading malicious lies and blah, oh, blah, yeah. blah. And it's like, I'm just translating an, an article you can find. There was like, a thing <laughs> a while back and I can't remember what it was exactly what it was the actual news piece or but it was something that was like making the rounds concerning the case that they said someone was reporting that some of his charges were misconstrued or yeah I, I don't know there was something that was making the rounds and all of his fans were like well you know now someone is saying that this was mistranslated and you know they're you know spreading all this false information and but it's just again you've got these people that are hard ride or die and i'm just like where is the line and again when is that fantasy break for you i don't know you know they're like it wasn't sex trafficking it was just prostitution again (laughs) where is that line for you yeah and i mean we've already seen like that this is just a big sort of farce at this point like Whoever YG has in his pocket is, you know, keeping him and Sungri out of jail. And it's sort of making a mockery of the Korean court system, you know, but it, in a way, it's like reminiscent of all the court systems in the world because they are all mockeries in a lot of ways. Well, and yeah. so it's it is like, you know, it is what it is at this point. Clearly, he's never going to go to jail. Uh, they allowed them time to. Uh, destroy evidence at headquarters which was like recorded like people were recording them removing files from the building right before it. they knew they were going to have search, search warrants and things like that uh, they have on record Sungri saying you know get rid of your phones throw out your phones buy new phones uh, to protect themselves you know like there's so many things that have been allowed uh, by the the police and you know the the court system and there's no way that they're going to go to jail i actually thought sungri had already enlisted so it was actually kind of surprising to find out that he had not enlisted yet but he's going to go to the army and you know if he does well enough as a soldier and you know he he dots his i's and crosses his t's i don't see in a lot of ways why he won't you know attempt at least attempt to come back but uh, once again like there's so many shitty shitty absolutely disgusting k-pop idols who still have careers you know whether it be solo careers uh like that guy from um ss 501 uh kim hung jun yeah you know like he he was in a drama recently and there's so many you know like stories like that so at this point it's just you know it's unfortunate i think that like I know speaking like tying this into our last conversation, I was like, you know, I'm in it for Big Bang. But I feel like if they did add him back to the group, I would be done with them. I honestly would be because I believe that he's guilty of a lot of things that 
he's not being punished for and for them to continue to have him in the group it's and to support that is just kind of rubs me the wrong way especially since like it almost came across like they kind of tolerated him more than liked him yeah in a lot of ways so like for them to you know stake their reputation on that i just I wouldn't be able to even respect them at that point. So, no. uh, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, it, that would probably be how I think. I mean, this, like, I wouldn't be surprised though if you know he was able to regain his fame and celebrity and and rejoin Big Ben and they made it a big thing. I wouldn't be surprised about that, unfortunately. Yeah, on um, top uh, shared a photo that a fan had made of the group with like one of those little smiley face emojis over yeah. Sungri's face. <laughs> and uh, the, yeah, the Sungri fans were trying to say that that was him supporting OT5 <laughs> as opposed to saying, yeah, this guy is a non-entity in the group. Now. Yeah, like that says the opposite to me. So good for him. Because <laughs> he, like, he seemed like he was like most likely to, to be very happy with Sungri not being in the group anymore. So... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know the entire history, but I'm pretty sure that you know they they don't need that kind of str- that kind no, of drama. I, I mean, honestly, at this point, like Sungri was like what the Maknae and the dancer. Yeah, he didn't add any value to the group. Like, let's be they honest, they don't need him. They don't all. need him. Like, <laughs> if this had happened to somebody else in the group, I'd be like, well, that's going to be you know unfortunate. It's going to change things. But Sungri didn't really add anything unique or special to the group he didn't really have a specialty that anybody else could not like replicate like he was a dancer Tian can dance better than him now so like what's 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 the point you know yeah so it's fine he yeah he can go away <laughs> I mean, they'll, give his, they'll give his lines to, to Taesung and move on and Tia, yeah like yeah, and Tiang, so we're fine <laughs> I mean, uh, Dragon, when, he kind of has a similar tone to his voice but yeah. oh my gosh him singing it singer's part in if you oh i want to hear that now <laughs> <laughs> i hope they do it at uh coachella <laughs> yeah yeah Wait. well another group that is not deterred by controversy mnet is going to do another reality survival show despite the fact that it's their other shows have pretty much come out as being completely rigged, but that's not a problem for them, apparently, because they are coming out with a show called Do You Know Hip Hop, which will feature rappers who actively promote it from the late 1990s to the early 2000s and pioneered the hip hop genre in Korea. The contestants who once captivated fans of the hip-hop genre will once again showcase their unique charms and swag. They aren't limited by their age. This new survival program will capture the undying enthusiasm for hip-hop. The exciting new reality program will share the present whereabouts and daily lives of the now middle-aged rappers who still haven't lost their enthusiasm for hip-hop. So this is basically a show me the money kind of thing for old men (laughs) yeah for i don't want to say has been rappers but for people that aren't in the spotlight anymore that are rappers or you know maybe hip-hop singers or whatever and 
Personally, I, you know, Nat, you may know more about this than I do because I, I'm not really into the K-hip-hop scene like that. This isn't really in the same vein as uh, Produce 101, <laughs> but I mean, I'm kind of surprised that they're still going forward with another reality show considering all the controversy that's going on. I mean, I guess this is kind of a different tone than the other ones. Yeah. Although I, it's still, it's still a contest. So um, I don't know if it's a contest. It seems more like kind of like a docu series almost because it's not like an audition program. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. The, yeah. The, um, the article did, did call them contestants, but it oh, okay. didn't, it didn't really clarify whether or not they were competing for anything. So I guess that remains to be seen. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I, I kind of like the shows that bring back, you know, older artists. Um, it kind of makes me feel fuzzy inside, you know, yeah kind of see people come back and get a little bit of attention and limelight. The K-hip-hop angle may make this a little cringy. <laughs> oh, it will. It will. It absolutely will. <laughs> I that gif of um, YG where he's like doing that little snake move, you know, when he yeah. used to be, um, what was that group Show that he was Taiji in? and the boys. Yeah, so Taiji. Yeah. Yeah, when he was with them. And that's what I think about when I think about <laughs> the potential contestants on the show. But yeah, I, I mean, Mnet's going to Mnet. I mean, they're going to continue making programs as long as they have people to watch them. Just like they're going to continue probably making another Produce 101, despite the fact that the whole thing is completely rigged. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every time I think about like old, like, 90s I guess K-hip-hop I think of like um Shiltaji and the boys and like Rura <laughs> and it's like it is very cringeworthy because it was them like Koreans like imitating late 80s early 90s hip-hop and the flow was always missing like it was always a little bit problematic and they were doing a lot of yelling I feel like personally <laughs> and I mean I don't really listen to hip-hop like in general and I really don't listen to a lot of k-hip-hop I feel like the, like if somebody if somebody in k-hip-hop is gonna drop music that I'm gonna listen to it's probably just gonna be Zico I'm gonna hear Zico and Mino Mino um from Winter like those are the only two that I'm like okay they drop music I have to listen to it I don't have to like it but I have to listen to it kind of thing and I love everything Mino does so it is you know what it is uh and also bobby bobby does actually do pretty decent stuff um and i mean g dragon and top of course um so those would probably be the only people that i'm like okay you know i like what you do i will listen to it all the time everybody else like the indie stuff and like whatever i'm not really into a lot of it and i'm just for the most part i i don't know i feel like hip hop in a lot of ways is really tired I feel like the more international became, the less good it was. <laughs> I mean, that's just my opinion on it. Like, I grew up, you know, my formative years are in the 90s with, like, 
bad boy for life and you know west coast east coast and yeah jay-z and nas and and early kanye and things like that so like my concept of hip-hop in art and rap is like so different you know than what they're given the boys and girls are giving us now i think now if i'm listening to hip-hop like it'll be like actually it's mostly women that i listen to (laughs) like those are the ones that i like gravitate towards in terms of like english hip-hop and then in the male hip-hop i just like it's YG and Zico. That's kind of all I listen to. Uh, so I don't really watch any of these hip hop shows that they do anywhere. <laughs> I tried to watch scenes from Show Me the Money and it's very cringeworthy. Like yeah. it's so embarrassing and just idiotic in a lot of ways. <laughs> like their concept of what is hip hop. And that's why like when they put swag in this like description, I'm just like, of course they did. Like yeah, of if, they, if they don't, screw a word into the ground you know like <laughs> uh, they're not doing it properly you know and but it I do like the angle of like the nostalgia part I mean but the thing is it's not nostalgia for me because I wasn't around I wasn't into k-pop at that time but I do like the idea of going back and like you know re-putting these groups together and you know like doing music that everybody knows because and it, of how big it was and how you know iconic it was at the time and sort of like seeing like older people especially because we don't see a lot of older people in k-pop like yeah. in terms of fans and stuff so it is kind of interesting to see people my age and stuff and older you know and slightly younger too i guess now that we're in 2020 uh who are listening to this music and enjoying it so i think that's kind of the stuff that i do like like they do have i can't remember the name of the show they have the show where old groups come together or old acts come together and they perform um like their hits and and i think they use people from happy together or one of those shows like um jsook and and those people like they mm-hmm. they they're a part of it and so you know ses did it um Ah, the woman who did um anniversary was it some kind of anniversary she did it and like there's a lot of like older artists who go on this thing and they they do sort of like these flashback episodes and people get back together and uh hot did like a special through them and stuff like that so you know i get it i get it and i think it's smart on uh mnet's side because they're not doing an audition show when so there's no manipulation to worry about. And two, they're hitting the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So they're hitting it where people, people's, mem- they're hitting people's memories. So I think that's really, really smart of them if they're yeah. going to like ease into this, if they go that route. Um, but as I said, like, I mean, I'm not going to tune in. <laughs> <laughs> I like the only, like the only person from like any of these groups that I even know to this day is the only reason I actually remember Rura is because Lee Sang-min is in it and he does a lot of variety and he did that show God of God of Music which is freaking hilarious um it's like a parody show of like um YG I feel like it's a parody show of YG um because he's like a CEO of a company and he's trying to get an idol group together and um like he has all these characters helping him do it but he's broken he had all these scandals so and it's really like tongue-in-cheek but some of the stuff is like really hilarious that they do and that's the only reason that i know him and i know of rura to be honest so oh, okay. uh, i've yeah. heard of them but i don't really know of them oh the music's bad so okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah um I, I as i said i think it's smart i don't 
because of the artists that they're bringing together, I kind of wish them the best because I feel like they're probably not doing anything. So uh, it's it's good for them to sort of have this exposure. But yeah. outside of that, yeah, it's not for me, dog. In the words <laughs> of Randy Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> well, in other news, KCON 2020 mm-hmm. is upon us. And we are looking at several different locations for KCON this year. We have KCON Japan in uh, April 3rd through the 5th, KCON Thailand, September 26th to the 27th. Um, And here in the West, we've got KCON New York, June 12th to the 14th. And KCON LA, August 27th through the 30th. Thinking about going that? <laughs> See, my pockets are not ready for KCON. So, <laughs> <laughs> I oh, mean, you know, we are a very small K pop yes. entity. Maybe yes. sponsorship. You, know, you never know. Uh, I would, I did think about going one year and it didn't pan out. Honestly, you know, I almost go think about going to these things and then I think about the type of the makeup of the people that will be there. And it like makes me like start to itch. Um, <laughs> and yeah. I think about like the other K-pop fans and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, people are going to know how old I am. And yeah, yeah. but um, but I've, I've it would be fun. I think to at least go to some of the booths and the, the different like um, panels and things that they have Um, because they do get a good amount of people from the community to kind of come in and give talks and things, not to mention, you know, the concerts. So yeah, I, if someone out there wants to sponsor Naya to go, our pockets are open. And empty. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I always feel like I'm too much of an anxious person to be surrounded by that many people at any given time. Uh, and so I like cons are probably not great places for me. And the only time that I've ever wanted to go or were like in the past when they had artists that I actually wanted to see, because before, you know, before this international sort of breakout with K-pop, that was the only way that you could see your idols. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, like when uh, Shinwa was there, especially because Shinwa was never done like outside of like Asia. They've never really toured outside of there. So that would have been a great a thing to experience. Uh, if, you know, I don't think 21 have been there, but Girls Day was here. Sister was there at the LA one. And I would have loved to, to gone to see them there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's just like everybody has concerts. Like I saw Send Me Here. I saw Shiny here, you know, uh, if EXO come, I probably would see them. If Big Bang came, I would probably see them. And I, and these are people that can actually like hold actual concerts and stadiums and stuff. So for me, it would be kind of fun to do like a panel at KCON. I think I, I feel like that would be something I would love to go to just mm-hmm. to do is more of a panel, more to like talk to other podcasters and like, you know, sort of like do experience that aspect of it. I don't want to see dance covers. Uh, I usually don't want to see who's <laughs> going to be performing. You know, like, 
nowadays anyways it's just not like and it's so expensive so for me yeah yeah, it's probably not as worth it because like it's one thing if I lived there, if I had someone to stay with there, but I'd be flying in from Canada. So everything's in us dollars. And then it's just like transportation wristbands. These packages get really crazy expensive. And I'm like, when I complain about the price, I complain about the price. Cause I'm cheap. I don't complain about the price because I don't think it's worth it. Cause I think it's very expensive to bring a lot of these apps over. You have to pay for their flights. You have to pay for their stay. You have to, they need to profit. Like there's a purpose that they're there for, you know? Uh, so it is a very expensive endeavor in general. And I think that means, especially that you can't have really big groups anymore. Like you can't have super junior there. You can't have girls generation, you know, like uh, why would BTS go to KCON? You know, <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of like come to that at this point. Uh, so it's really like a lot, it's a good place for, it's a really good breeding ground for like nugus or acts who haven't figured out how to tour here on their own, even in smaller venues. But yeah. I feel like they're going to have their chance. Like Chunga did it, I think, last year. I feel like she could do an international tour um, at a small venue. I, I obviously think that. So why would she want to go back to KCON, you know? But that's, yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling about it. It's something that I would like to experience just to say that I've done it and just to see how it is. But also, I don't know, it kind of gives me trepidation. So <laughs> we will well, see. they're looking for influencers and yeah, whatever I mean, else. If, if they, <laughs> yeah, if they like came to us and said like, hey, if you want to come, like here's a, here's a little package, you know, here's for your flight, things like that. I would be like, sure. I mean, if you're paying for it, I would be there. <laughs> <laughs> no why would i, I say totally no? see that yeah like but uh at this point it doesn't seem like that is it's gonna happen so <laughs> i you never know you never know um so i would keep it open <laughs> yeah might be interesting um i'm wondering who i mean i guess you know you were saying like it's a lot of new goos that do the k-cons now and i guess that is largely who will probably be at this year's KCON. I mean, I'm sure there'll yeah. be some maybe mid-tier idols to bring in, you know, a lot of the, bring in more fans. So, I mean, because like you said, you rarely ever see the real big name groups at the con anymore. So, interesting. Well, that is coming up. Did you want to talk about BTS next? Sure. Okay. Well, (laughs) of course, BTS has announced in the past week that they are coming out with their seventh album or E. I don't know if it is their album or is it an EP? It's an album, a full album. Okay. It sold 3.42 million in pre-orders uh not so not really surprising and they released their first single black swan we watched the artistic mv together for black swan which um features the i think they would call mn dance troupe or dance group that is basically featured in the video the guys are not in the video at all and it's also features a different version of the song. And a lot of people, I personally have not heard it. I know Jimin, you and Nat have listened to it. Um, and I've 
seen on different circles, people say that they prefer the Spotify version, which is, I guess, sounds like it's the main version of the song. And what were our thoughts on the song in general? I mean, it seems like, I mean, I've already seen a couple of think pieces in Western media. I mean, NPR covered it. I actually saw the NPR covered it. Um, Tamar, Tamar Herman did a piece for, um, was it Billboard or was it another outlet? I think it was Forbes. Forbes. Okay. Where she wrote about it. And um, so it's getting attention and they're definitely taking a more mature bent with this song and well do you want to hear it to have your opinion on it yeah we can listen to a little bit of it yeah that's fine okay i mean i it's i'll go ahead and just put it um up i mean you can finish what you're saying while i'm um, oh no i mean it wasn't anything i was just saying that it's there with the content of the lyrics and everything it's definitely a more mature leaning leaning um leaning into a more mature like subject matter for them than some of the yeah we could push play now okay okay well oh those peach those pictures are are not a good idea (laughs) (laughs) that's the like not the most photogenic of pictures I honestly don't even know that these photos go with this comeback. I'm pretty sure these are from another comeback. They look like they should be. <laughs> they don't even I look mean, like they're yeah, from the same. Yeah, these are with love. It doesn't even look like they're from the same comeback, to be honest. Yeah, they're, yeah. See, I wish they had just done this version of the song and did a video with them and done something maybe somber and thoughtful as opposed to what they decided to do with the dancers, which came off kind of contrived and forced to me. But mm. I mean, I do, I will say for a BTS song, I do appreciate the lyrics because I mean, I feel like they are trying, you know, to say something maybe to their fans. I don't know. Or just in general, you know, saying something about their life as idols and, you know, where they are now. And I mean, it definitely, I think from what I've seen, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely more thoughtful than Boy With Love. (laughs) The song itself is not bad. It's not really my style uh, in general. I mean, it's, um, it's definitely more hip hop ish, but I mean, yeah, for I what, like it. Yeah, but I—I I mean, I did see that a lot of people did seem to say that was why they liked it more because this is more, I guess, in line with some of their other music that they've done that is more hip hop as opposed to the pop stuff they've been releasing. Yeah, and I kind of really like um, more slow tempo. Or mid-tempo, sort of like, if you're going to do hip-hop, I kind of like this flow, like this vibe more so, like the very chill vibe. And I feel like this instrumental especially is very chill. Uh, So it kind of works for me because with BTS, like they tend to be really loud and 
just jarring. <laughs> and this is like the opposite of that. <laughs> Even though they do have like the trap beat and whatever, um, it's so smooth and just, and the song has structure. Like it works in a lot of ways. So like I heard the, I saw the music video first and I was like, this is a no down. I, I did the thumbs down on YouTube. And then I found out that they had a, like an audio version and people were comparing the two. So I was like, let me get listen to that. And I listened to that like, five times in a row. I was like, this is a good song. And I looked at the lyrics and I was like, yeah, it works really well for me. Now, like, there's so much Yoongi in it. It's weird that there's not a lot of Jungkook. Like, I feel like he had, like, a very, very, very small part. Even our Actually, it's kind of strange the way the vocals are in this song yeah, because yeah. it's definitely a song that's meant to um, sort of single out um, or, or call to attention more so the rap line because... Yeah. If you actually like all people I know, if you're not familiar with BTS, you might not even realize it. But if you listen to the vocal sections of the song, you can't tell who's singing. I noticed that the first time I listened to this, like they were like the lyric video might say it's Jimin, but like it'll sound like nobody. It'll it'll just sound like all of them are singing together. Like if that makes sense. Like it was never. It's it's really strange. Um, actually, if you're you know, if just somebody who doesn't really, you know, pay attention to them, because like I said, all of the vocal sections, it doesn't sound like there's one distinct. I mean, except for I think um, there's a portion where like it's Tay, and you can kind of like hear Tay, but every other section you cannot tell. At least for me, like I could not tell who was really singing at that time. Yes. They just were blending the voices or something. They were doing something. It wasn't, it's like, I don't even know what it, because you even call it an effect. It was like some sort of effect where like all the voices were like layered together, like in, in, you know, edit when they were going through and, you know, mixing this track so that you could not tell who was who. Strange. Yeah. I like it. I had to like look at that, the the lyric version of it with the people, because I could not tell for the most part who was doing what. I feel like the only person who I knew for sure was singing was actually not even the rap line was the singing because Jimin in that stupid ass high note that he always does that never <laughs> works for me. And then Jin has a very distinct voice. So I always know when he's singing and then Taemin and Young, sorry, because his voice is like more baritone-ish. It's like Jin it's a doesn't voice. really have a distinct. I mean, he has a distinct voice, but Ooh. like you said, Jin, right? Yeah, I actually can always tell when Jin is singing. I don't know why. I can't I tell, can't. but like, I I guess when you said distinct, like my brain was like, mm, I've heard tones that have a better uniqueness. Oh no, it doesn't have to be his, good. Just his, <laughs> his enunciation definitely is distinct. Like he he doesn't. It's like the way he pronounces words, but. With Jimin's little note, I genuinely feel like, or not little, I don't even think it's a specific note. It's more so they, like, I noticed that they just try to, like, have him sing higher just because his voice is higher. And Jimin has said before that he would just prefer to sing like a regular person because I think, I think it's one of those situations where you know what you can do. You know your limits, you know? It's like, (laughs) I don't, just because a person's voice is like, their speaking voice is like for a good good example is like Chris Brown has a really deep speaking voice, but his singing voice is kind of a little bit more like his tone is a little bit higher. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I 
I haven't listened to a Chris Brown song in forever, but I do know what you mean. I guess because, <laughs> I like, yeah, I, I yeah. can audit, like, Chris Brown has a unique tone, so, like, I can think of his voice off the top of my head. Like, there's a lot of artists like that, that when they sing, it just is very different from, you know, their speaking voice. So, I, but with Jimin, they, like, he, they constantly have him sing in his speaking voice, and it's like, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, no, for the most part, though, like, I just feel like I really, I actually, my favorite part, besides, like, my, the instrumental is incredible. Like, I really think it's nice. And it's got, it does have an Asian influence. That's so generic for me to say. But it's the truth. Like, you guys know what I'm talking about. It has a specific, mm, it's like the, um, the, the company, like, the way the strings are, like, the little, now, see, now I'm forgetting. But there's some <laughs> point where they're actually, um, doing like just they're plucking the strings um but it's not when they're actually there's no voices on this part it's just the instrumental and i like that and it has a very east asian flair to it and to me that's that's some of the best music out of k-pop when it sounds like it has some sort of a traditional element like the like I like a lot, like BTS's Dang, Bang Yeonguk's um, from B- BAP, Yamajaki, like those types of songs where you can clearly hear the traditional influence. I really like that, and that's what we, that's what I thought Idol was gonna be too when they came out with Idol a couple years yes, ago. Yes, because they teased it like it was gonna take on traditional elements, but that's why Minnow with Fiance. He took a trap song and he remixed it and it sounds amazing. Uh, and I actually really do. Like, I, I do actually like trot. Like, <laughs> trot's so lit because it's so different from anything I've ever heard, like, anywhere. So that's kind of why I like it. But um, when they, then, yeah, sorry. No, but, yeah. no, 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 no. It was, it was really nothing. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, like, I, I just feel like the song feels real. It feels natural. It sounds good. Rap line sounds really good on the song. Like, to be fair, I don't really think rap line ever sounds particularly bad, though. I've never listened to a BTS song. It was like, wow, rap line just sounds horrible. And they're, you know, it, it, I don't know. They all have, I've always liked, that's one thing about BTS I've always liked is their rap line out of any rap line in K-pop, their voices all sound pretty good. Like, it doesn't sound forced it doesn't sound you know overly fake aggressive you know it just sounds like they're how they are like they're personas you know and so um I do like that and I don't know and I do like the do your thing do your thing that's I do actually really that. really catchy yeah and I kind of really liked how they turned it he turned it around and was like you know what's my thing what's my thing because I feel like lyrically the songs really like Okay, I'm not somebody who is a huge BTS fan. I'm not even really a BTS fan at this point. Uh, but lyrically, I thought it was really interesting in how it, you know, tying it into the dance. And I'd be really interested to know if someone came across that quote and decided to make the song from it and use the music video from it, or if the song was already ready and they added that quote and they added the the dancing to it. Um, that's kind of really interesting. Like, I want to see how they kind of put that together. I feel like uh, I'm more inclined to believe the latter. Like, yeah, 
<laughs> just knowing how they are, like, yeah, I mean, just mm, because hi- their history would say that it's the former, like their yeah. recent history. But because everything about this comeback, like they've been teasing this comeback since Boy with Love, really. Yeah. I mean, they've been dropping hits in literally every. I remember there was an episode of Run where, like, th- this was this this episode came out like really like either mid last year or like really early last year and um they were playing some sort of game like it was almost like pictionary and like v drew something and it was like all seven of them like doing something and then and somebody was like um and he said what is this and so and then somebody said um our next comeback and like it was it, now we know that this you know album is called seven and they have all of these different things they're trying to do with this comeback or whatever it makes sense like what he drew and so they were like planning this for a while so i think that they've kind of been feeling this way for a long time like because yeah. running this film months in advance so i think it, i don't know I, I i just like it it just feels genuine and i just i definitely hope the rest of the album because even sugar's little um shout uh, intro yeah, Shadow. I, I I know. Like I, I'm pretty sure it's an intro because usually yeah. when they do those songs, those are intros. Even that was good. I liked that it until the end. Yeah, I think the switch up was a little bit abrupt. It was a little bit loud and abrupt. <laughs> yeah, but, but I do. I, I did going, like the beginning. That's what I was going to ask. Did you guys think that the this is going to signal a different sound for this album, or they're going to try and do a less pop sound with their singles here in the States or in Korea. What do you think? I, I mean, really, I mean, I, I well, first of all, I kind of hope so because I feel like they're, they're, I don't know. It seems like ever since like love yourself, her, her, and mind you, I was not around when this physically came out. I'm just only going by like what I see in like videos that I watch from the time, stuff like that. But it seems like since then, they've been kind of checked out. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. And so hopefully this will be more, right? you know, what they're comfortable with doing musically. And I just feel like, and with, with this being a full album too, it's going to be like 20 songs or something like that. Like the last couple albums have been like either, you know, minis or it's been like repackages. So with this being a full album, like it's going to be interesting from that aspect as well um, to see what kind of diversity you get on that album. But, but I, I don't know. I, I hope so. I, I think because this is probably going to be their last album before either Jen and List or Young Line or some combination of the above, at least their last full album. I feel like, yeah, this will, this either could be what they do going forward or I don't know because you know what this is this is what this whole topic's supposed to be about anyway so I'll go ahead and say it I won't mention the the one part but I will mention this part right now a lot of people on the international side seem to think that there is this concerted effort by South Korean army to um take this album because or take this song specifically because it it does not sound like boy with love it does not sound like you know microcosmos those those types of songs which Hmm. overwhelmingly did very well in south korea versus 
their this type of sound more hip hop influence. But isn't there this... seems? Go ahead. My only question was: Isn't this like what they used to do, though? Like, yeah. So a lot of people think, you know, I don't. Okay, let think of it this way: A lot of people who were more fans of their OG stuff noticed that when they had that shift around the Love Yourself series, they got a lot of fans, right? They ended up getting, you know, I mean, I would say between 2017 and now, BTS grew like exponentially. You know what I mean? It, it was like a, literally like a logarithmic growth where it's like each year they were just like quadrupling. You know what I mean? Their fan base. And those people came into the fan base loving DNA loving you know um idol loving your your kind of fake deep love yourself kind of message and loving the halsey collaborations and wanting them to collab with billy eilish and i'm pretty sure you, you get what i'm trying to say without really saying it you know what i mean mm -hmm. they love that kind of stuff and these were typically going to be your people who were used to be one direction stands these are going to be your like Korean stands who think that this type of music is good for BTS's growth in the West because they think that this is what people in the West like, right? Now that they're going back to this sound, they're seeing, because I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was some situation where apparently like this song was only at like number, like it, it was like really low on the iTunes chart or something like, I don't know the whole, all the details. I'm just going off like what I see from armies, right? I haven't done the official research, just what I've seen from armies. International armies, specifically of the black persuasion are seeing that it, it seems like people are saying, well, this song is not as good as, you know, Boy with love, and, and I don't know if you saw this. I know this for a fact that this happened as soon as this song came out. Boy with love shot straight up on the charts, and Boy with love is basically competing with this song on the charts. You mm -hmm. like why? Like as a fan base, like why would you even want to do that? Well, if you want them to only do a certain type of music, then yeah, that, that will make sense, right? Is anything I'm saying making sense right now? It makes sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense as far as like their <laughs> yeah. motives, but yeah. I understand what they're doing. It's like to show them right. like, it's like, I guess, obviously I'm not in the brain of a delusional army, but I guess it's to show like BTS and Big Hit that they prefer when they do the white concept, the pop concept, and not when they do what they were originally built on because these fans were not here for the original stuff. They were here when, when Love Yourself came around. So they want to see that. Did Love Yourself come before Wings? No. Love Yourself okay. was after Wings. Okay. So yeah. was Wings not when they like sort of hit it? Yes, but yeah. I, I think what, what I'm like, I think if you look at the growth of their fan base, there's a clear moment. And this yeah. is after DNA, after they performed on the AMAs for the first time. Yeah. That is the clear just like undisputed moment where a lot of One Direction fans change from One Direction accounts on Twitter to BTS accounts. <laughs> there's like a, there is a very yeah. clear correlation. Like even you can even sense it. Like it, when you, when I talk to, I've talked to a lot of different K-pop fans and, and Shawals, armies or whatever. But one thing I've noticed with armies, if they are a, 
most of them are new armies. So like people who were converted, quote unquote, in 2018 and later or 2017 and later. Yeah. Okay. And these are people who are like, I would much rather hear them perform Make It Right, which is that little song that Ed Sheeran wrote for them, than hear them perform We Are Bulletproof or No or Danger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there is a very clear you you can see it, it it's hard to describe if you've never actually seen it like with your own eyes but there is a very clear difference in the two types of BTF fans you get and a lot of K army also you have to understand a lot of them only became fans after they got big in the west hmm. there okay. were there obviously there they had like a core korean fan base but then when they got popular, a lot of people, a lot of people say this. When BTS got popular in the West, that's when Korea started to pay attention to them. That's just the facts. Okay. Huh. Oh, I can see. Yeah. I just like Ash said, like the logic is lacking because it doesn't really make sense. But also, if you want your artist to work with certain artists and you only want them to make a certain sound, then yeah, it makes sense that you are gonna support what you want and not support what you don't want. <laughs> right. Even this, like, I feel like it also sort of ties into that entitlement. Like, we made you, you have to do what we want kind of thing. And it's not fair. And I would say that I actually, like, as somebody who likes the song, and I did like Shadow before the switch up. So I, it kind of sucks that, like, <laughs> this is not the sound that they want them to have. And and I feel like with the type of company that Big Hit is, that they would cow down to pressure for sure. Um yeah, it's interesting because this is once again a song where the only person who contributed to the lyrics was RM mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of other people. Yeah, that's pretty standard. Uh, Sugar do usually, fighting? but he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, he was, He's not listed on Wikipedia. You even say that Sugar usually contributes. A lot of people, I feel like, kind of overrate some of their. Obviously, when they write their raps, that's usually their rap. But ra- pretty much, overwhelmingly, RM writes the entire. Like him and like a main writer or producer will write the entire song. Yeah, it's not. It's not usually as only time it's like that heavy collaboration is if it's a straight up rap line song. But if there's any vocals in it whatsoever, it's usually RM doing most of the work. Hmm. But for some reason, he had been for a very long time. Like it, there was, I don't know how to explain it. There was very clear moments where you could tell his voice. It was more so like the big hit staff voices versus RM's voice. Or he was modifying his voice to fit. Again, most this this is stuff that it's like it comes with like liking BTS. If you don't like BTS, you're not gonna notice it. You're not gonna, you know what I mean? But because it's just things that I just you know picked up on. Another thing too, like when you guys were talking about, I was thinking like what you were saying about the push and pull with the fan bases and everything and about who they want them to collaborate with and who they, what they want their sound to be like. I was thinking like if they decide to stick with this more hip hop sound for, you know, for example, for this album or, you know, for their singles or whatever, like it made me think like how that would be if they promoted like performed these type of songs you know promoting in america i mean they're already supposed to be on the late late show with james corden soon and it just makes me think like if they're going to go in a different direction like how because we've all seen you know how you know they've 
done things with Halsey and to to put it simply with more pop, more um, uh, artists of the white persuasion. Uh, they've done things. They did some things with, was it Whale that they did? Ooh. Whale. Wale. Wale. Wale, sorry. Are you I trying to make me say <laughs> I just, Whale. I've never seen his name said out loud. Sorry. Um, Wale. Uh, and was it Juice World? Didn't they do something? With yeah. Him? Yeah. And, and Nicki Minaj. Yeah, Nicki Minaj. Uh, but in general, you know, it's been, you know, more of the pop sound that's gotten it. They hardly promoted an idol with Nicki Minaj. Like, but yeah. then Boy With Love was all over the place. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm saying, like, that's my thing. Is like, if they decide to go with a more hip hop sound, like, to me, that would signal, okay, if you're going to collaborate with anybody or do things with American artists, that's going to kind of change your trajectory, you know, as far as, like, who you're targeting or just who you're going to be working with, you know, you're, you know, if you're going to do a hip hop sound, you're not going to be hanging around Halsey. So I don't know. It's just interesting to me because I feel like the fan base wouldn't certain segments of their fan base wouldn't take that well either. Yeah. That's the, and I think when we say it doesn't have logic, it kind of does and doesn't like in terms of what they're trying to do, because I, I look at it this way, right? There are things that I love, but if I don't like, if you don't like one thing that they do, you can show that you don't like it by not supporting that specific thing, but then putting all your money in in the other things that you see what I'm saying? Because then it sends a signal maybe to that person, like maybe you should start doing this other thing more because that's where the money is. Right. I think that's their logic is like if we put our money into the boy with love by, you know, streaming it more or keep, you know, buying it, even though it's been a year now. Like if we do that and then don't do anything with this Black Swan track, they will get the hint that we don't want them to do this hippity hoppity mess. Right. That's what what it is very uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. it's a very uncomfortable realization because it, it, it's like. They even do this with stuff like pictures. Like if we give Normani a black ocean, but then give Billie Eilish these little green, you know, we give her a green ocean or whatever. Like we're subtly showing our support and showing our faves who they're allowed to collab with and who they're not allowed to collab. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like little it things like that. It's it's messed up. And it is. But, but I've seen armies think like they did that to Lil Nas X. Like I remember um, when he took a picture with them. A lot of armies were like, why is he taking pictures with this Islamophobe? Or why are they taking pictures with this Islamophobe? But then if they take a picture with a completely racist white person, they have no problem with it. Yeah. It's sending a sign. It's showing where it is. White armies are really showing what they're about. And I really, I don't know if it's true or not. Once again, with this particular instance of let's support this and not this. I don't know if that's true. I'm just saying that that's the big controversy going on. And and I don't know if you want to call it Black Army Twitter, (laughs) but I guess Black Army Twitter. Hmm. Interesting. So I will say like just a correction, the 3.42 million was stock pre-orders. So it's not like. Oh yeah, I didn't mention of, that. So if you want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So basically everybody is making a big deal of it. And it is a big deal. I'm not like demeaning it or like downgrading it or anything like that. But it's not actual pre-orders. It's not like every single unit that people ordered. It's literally stock 
for retailers so that they can sell to people. It's more of like an anticipatory like um, amount of, of, of albums pretty much for them to sell because they feel like that's how well they will do in actual sales. Well, it is what it is, right? It's stock. Yeah. It's, it, they haven't sold those. No. <laughs> they haven't put the check in the bank, at least no. from what it says, sounds like to me. So wait until your face, put the check in the bank, guys. <laughs> you know, like let them, let them collect their coins. Like I don't have, at this point, I really don't have nothing, you know. I think my biggest issue with BTS for a while was just the music. And the clear checked outness, which you can't really control your checked outness. I get, I mean, you can, you can control how it comes off, but if you know, I, I, I don't know. It's part of the job as a celebrity to, you know, try. So, yeah. Mm. And if you're not going to try, that's fine. But then go on like anxiety hiatus, you know, which a lot of artists are doing. And, I and that's say- fine. I will say though with them, like judging by this song, it may be a situation too of like big hit is clearly not going to let them rest, is not going I mean, other than the you know, the break that they got. But I feel very much that they don't have a lot of agency in their lives or what, you know. You think so? I know when me and that uh what episode, I don't know, it was sometime late last year. Uh, that was only two weeks ago, but it was sometime late <laughs> last year. And I, me and that did an episode, and I think we were, t- or maybe it was all three of us, and we were talking about how it seems like they do kind of have agency, but they don't realize how much they have. Like, That's true. Because the, the whole, you know, they, they still sign with Big Hit for seven years. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you're complaining that you don't have this, that, and the other, but you're not really healthy your situation. So it's like, I feel like BTS does have agency and I do feel like they have I don't know to me sometimes I feel like when we say that idols don't have agency it turns into not you I'm not saying this I'm not this is nothing against you Ash please 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 don't take it that way this is for like when people take that a step further like what you just said a lot of armies will take that a step further and try to make it seem like they're like victims or something which Mm -hmm. maybe in the beginning but and that's horrible but at this point in their careers, BTS could tell Big Hit anything, and Big Hit would have to do it. What they're what are they gonna do? Are you gonna tell BTS no? If you're Bang PD Ash, if you're Bang PD Nat, you telling BTS no? I, I mean, mean it's just now. I feel like, but why haven't they done that then? Like, I think they don't realize. Like Nat made a really good point. Like she was saying that she didn't she didn't think that they they realized how much power they had. Well, yeah, like BTS, because when you when you and, and a lot of that is too their fans do this, too, where it's like, like that underdog mentality. You you lock onto that, you, even though objectively speaking, BTS like big hit is it, like, for example, TXT is a good example. A lot of um, armies love to pretend like they don't have an advantage, like, you know, they the big three advantage, but they do have an advantage. BTS single-handedly creates their advantage. You see what I'm saying? And so I feel like I feel like big, big, BTS really doesn't realize that they have it because it's like that underdog mentality of this, like, you know, we came from the bottom. And this is something that you can see even in their music. They consistently talk about how we started from this place. And it's like, that's fine to recognize your roots, but it's like they talk like they think they're still there, you know? 
They'll go, yeah. I'm just so shocked that, you know, we can do that. And that's fine, to, you know, to do that. But they like, you know, it's just that it's almost like to them, it's mind blowing that they can, you know, collaborate with huge Western artists or something. You know what I mean? Even though you got freaking AB6 collaborating with Lizzo, which I still will never understand that. And get <laughs> over that. But still a mystery to all of us. Yeah. We, and, and for that, we can say thanks, BTS. You know how people you say thanks, Obama. Yeah. Anytime we see something crazy like that in K-pop, we can say thanks, BTS. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like this is no longer a conversation and this is me just talking. It's kind of awkward because I don't know what you guys are like thinking. No, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of listening because... Oh, well, I was just saying, like, the reason why I was listening was because, like, you clearly have more of an insight into certain areas of this, like, more, like, of the psychological, like, underpinnings of what is going on, which, and I find that fascinating in general. So, like, that's personally why I was just kind of, like, just listening to you, like, talk about, like, especially the fandom stuff, because, like, I the whole army thing will never not be fascinating to me and how they seem determined to just shoot themselves in the foot every time, despite, you know, this group's success. Like it's just, yeah, really mind blowing, but even a level of control that comes with that. Like the, I think was Nat talking about the entitlement too. Like when you think you can control what your, what type of music your artists make, because let's be real. Armies have kind of been controlling, well, these new, whatever you want to call them, have been controlling BTS's music for years now. And when you get used to that, they do something that you, that doesn't agree with your politics or doesn't agree with your, you know, ears or whatever. You, you see this, um, like this, this manager army, that's what they call a manager army. You see that come out. You see the armies like feel like they can tell BTS what they can and can't do, even though BTS are artists. And that's what the, if you look at it, if you actually think about it, it's kind of poetic because the whole song is literally the like Black Swan. It's literally about like, I just kind of, you know, like I've gotten so used to just doing things that everybody was doing or, you know, doing things because I, that was what I was told to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't really know how to, you know, or I want to start doing my own thing or whatever. I don't know. It, it's just, I'm not making a whole lot of sense, but I no, guess it makes, it makes perfect sense. I mean, what they're doing doesn't make sense, but like, I can understand, you know, the background, like what's causing it to happen. Yeah. And for me, I feel like if they try to force them back into that pop box, they're going to regret it because I feel like that they're already getting more from what I've seen anyway, um a little bit of, you know, the the attention I've seen them get for the song doesn't have that layer of condense condescension in it like that war with love had like i already feel like it could be it could be a game changer for them if they decide to go more this route as far as wanting them wanting to be taken more seriously or you know not being seen as just a boy band like that would be the more logical step right so to me 
you know, they want what they want, but, you know, they also want people to take them seriously. Um, did you guys see the whole thing with John Cena that was trending? Yeah, I, I didn't watch the whole video because I thought armies were being really ridiculous about it. But wasn't I mean, it? Yeah. Didn't he like? Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. What were you? No, say? I don't. I don't even because I don't really know exactly what happened. So I'm assuming you're going to tell us. Oh well, basically he was on the late night show and he was asked about BTS, kind of. It was in a joking manner. And he gave a very serious answer and was like, you know, I really like the guys and I think that they're doing a lot of good things and talking about important issues. And I think it's great that the kids like them because, you know, they're very, you know, they talk about positive things. It's really great and everything. And so, you know, armies were like, oh, yeah, we should have John Cena take a picture with the, He should take a picture. The, basically, they were hyping him up. You know, this guy that many of them probably didn't even know who he was. Um, until <laughs> he spoke about BTS, um, because he, uh, one person pretty much wrote was like, you know, wow, uh, Western celebrities actually taking them seriously for once. And personally, I, you know, I don't trust John Cena as far as I can throw him. So well, I felt like, him? I mean, I felt that the answer in itself was kind of like, there's another celebrity on stage with him, and I, for the life of me, can't remember what her name was or who she January was. January Johns or Jones? Oh, okay. That's who the it was. actress? Okay. Yes. Okay. She, okay, because James Corden said, or, or whoever, I think it was James Corden, right? Yeah, it was. Um, he said, January, you got this picture with BTS. How do you feel? She goes, honestly, I don't even know who they are. I don't listen to K-pop. I took a picture with them because they had a lot of security around them, so I thought they looked important. And people were calling her a clout chaser. And that's the funny thing because I feel like John Cena was the one chasing clout. And that heavily ass-kissing, elaborate answer that he gave about how important BTS are to the children and, you know, how they're important to the world. And, you know, and I was like, who is he trying to impress? To me, that was me personally. I just thought it was mm. funny that they were all up his ass when yeah. I felt like the fact that he gave that kind of answer was proof that he was trying to get that type of response. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm going to be real with you. I don't get genuine vibes from him at all. So I totally get what I think they both were being clout chasey. Like she was clout chasing by taking a picture with people that she didn't know who they were. She just took a picture with them because she thought they looked important. And that's the definition of clout chaser. And he was doing it in a way that to us is very obvious, but to armies might not be obvious. You know, where he was being like all about them and like oh, to the point where it's like overkill. Um, yeah. So they were, I mean, they were both clout chasing. But let's be real. If this had been Booker T, who was a black wrestler, by the way, this had been Booker T, do you really think armies would have been celebrating it? I don't know. They would have automatically said Cloud Chaser. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd be talking about. Like, I think I know that we talk about racism a lot on this show. And I know it can be, you know, a, a subject Heavy. that's like, yeah, you know, but it's it's just the fact that like 
it's so ingrained in the culture that even stuff that seems innocuous like that has a racial undertone to it. Because if you look at the difference, and, it, and this all ties in, just like we were tying stuff in with the chin episode, we're tying stuff in now. It all ties in. If you really look at the way that armies is, are treating this, well, you know, new armies, I should say, armies who are not like not black armies or not the original Korean armies or whatever. If you look at the way they're treating like all of BTS's success, everything about BTS, it has a clear racial undertone. Like, am I, do y'all think I'm crazy for thinking that? Because I feel like it's no. the only fandom where I've seen, I mean, obviously every fandom is going to have racist, but it's the only, it's such a big fandom and it's gotten so many 1D fans, which 1D fans are notoriously racist. Like the way they treat his name, I know you guys like didn't, you know, wasn't really into Wendy, but I remember those days though. I heard, I mean, I didn't hear about it. Yeah. I mean, my God, like the, the P-A-K-I jokes that they used to make and, you know, singling him out, like the way they treat his name is the way that they treat anybody who is darker than a piece of white paper that comes next to BTS. And I've seen, I've seen I armies defending whitewashing like you know how like k armies will go in and they'll edit a photo to make it look like the idol is five times whiter than what they actually are yeah. they'll defend that and they'll say well it's better than when you dark wash them i've seen that yeah I, i've seen people saying <laughs> you want them to look black like by making their skin color their act you know like because there are people who go in and they'll just like basically like re-edit the photo to where it looks like the way it looked before it was you know whitewashed and then like these armies will call it dark washing and they say you want them to look black but you're just you're restoring the photo you're not darkening their skin exactly but they'll call it dark washing or yellow washing is their favorite two terms to use and it's so disgustingly racist because it'll be like you know this is just how you know we like them to look and i'm like what (laughs) it's just it's it's trash i mean it's garbage and i feel like this all ties in like i know that it's hard for people who don't like really care to see it but it it all ties into how this i can see why people are making the case that there are some armies who have a vested interest to tank black swan and instead trend spring day and like spring day always goes up in the charts of course but boy with love there should be no reason on god greens or god's green earth why Boy With Love should be um, outranking Black Swan, the song that just came out. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's strange. Mm-hmm. It and is. so I feel like I feel like I had to, to call that. I feel like I had to bring that up because I don't know if that's the truth. But I do know that that is a concern of many Black armies. And don't get me wrong. I know Black armies are not the best example of, like, you know, blackness. <laughs> and it's like, you know, they they say some things that are very contastic. They do. By the way, I hope we edit that out because <laughs> um, but it's just the I mean, come on, it's just the facts. Even Nat, like, who is asleep right now, um <laughs> she I'm, awake. Uh, I'm listening. <laughs> I know like you mentioned this on our Twitter. Um, I don't know who you were talking to, but you were like, because there are like a lot of um black quote unquote K pop stands. I say quote unquote black because we don't really know. They could be in blackface, right? Mm. Um, but these like K-pop stands who say they're black, who say things like these hard N words, you know, need to get in line. And you know what I mean? Like, 
they say really racist things, right? And it's like, are you really black? Because would a black person really say something like that to other black people? Or are you just so, you know, you will, you're, you're cooning out for these white people and these Koreans so much that you just forget about your, you know, your race. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That stuff, I don't know. This turned into something that I didn't know it was going to be, but I don't know. I felt like, I feel like we got to have an episode where we talk about that, you know? It's fascinating to me, like, the whole the racial politics behind all of this stuff like that's why i i'm really interested to see where where they go from here like what direction they go musically because i think that's going to inform a lot what happens like in their fandom like going forward wherever they decide to take this because you know i see so much like i heard about the normani thing and the popular thing I always see a lot is, oh, we want them to like collaborate with Normani or we want them to collaborate with this person. And I'm just like, you know, if they decide to go in that direction, like what, you know, I think that for them personally, it would benefit them musically. But yeah. for their crazy ass fandom, you know, what would the fallout be? So, yeah, because a black to, to their fandom, um, a black artist is not allowed to make any mistakes, you know. Yeah. A white artist like Halsey, <laughs> Halsey is uh, she's not perfect. Let's leave it at that. And but well, I mean, she's not technically white. She's like biracial, right? No, she's white. She's I mean, she's passing biracial. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like not even counting twenty five percent. That's not. I'm not counting. No, her dad 25%. is black. Like her dad is actually black. No, her dad is mixed. I thought her dad was black. No, Halsey is a quarter black. Her dad is mixed, oh. and her mom is white. Yeah, Halsey was never half black. Saying that she's like her dad is black. I think it's you know some people consider mixed people black, so maybe that's what it is. But her dad is definitely mixed. I remember that being like a topic for a while because people were saying like, how does she? You know, she's so white passing for somebody with a, a black dad, but her dad is only half black. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I, and plus, a lot of people, either way, like, don't consider Halsey a woman of color. Like, yeah. <laughs> even black people, for the most part. I mean, you got some people who, who will say that she is a black woman, but then you got people who will be like, she makes, and then you got people who be like, she a white woman. Halsey, to me, is a white woman, but, you know, that's just. I mean, a lot of people consider I don't know the whole politics behind what's a, what people call mixed people and what mixed people call themselves is strange to me because I feel like the only reason why we call them black even no matter what their mixture is even if it's they could be like one eighth you know what I mean they could be like literally like an octoroon if it, people will call them black because of the one drop rule which is extremely racist right yeah and also because the other races don't want them so Right, exactly, because mm-hmm. it's the idea yeah. that blackness is a stain. Yeah, like, like a black, like a even a mixed Korean person, a mixed white Korean person might still get called Korean, but a mixed black Korean person is gonna get called black. Yeah, yep. So it's it's a very racist ideology. I don't like it, and that's why I feel like you know it's okay to refer to mixed people as what they are, mixed. Mm-hmm. Or oh, in sure. Halsey's case, 
<laughs> Halsey's mixed, yes. And but in that very same vein, then you can make the case that every black American or every black, you know, Canadian that's not like, you know, from the islands or whatever, you can make the case that they're all mixed because there's some white down the line somewhere. And I think that's kind of a little bit of a fallacy. Like, I don't know. It is it, it gets weird in that territory, but I don't know. To me, if you white passing, society views you as right, society treats you as white. One of your parents is white, another one of your parents is half white. I don't know. That's that screams white to me. But there's also like a difference when your mom is white versus when your dad is ooh, white. Girl. <laughs> girl. And also it has to like I'm I'm pretty sure like your average K army is looking at Halsey and going, This is she's white, so she's okay. But then you turn around, you they're not looking at Meg the Stallion and saying she's okay. No. Because that's the big thing, too. People, oh, my God, the Meg Thee Stallion thing. People really want BTS to collab with her. And I'm just like, no, leave her alone. What did that? When, why so much Meg Thee Stallion? A lot of Black armies want them to collab with her. I don't oh. really know what. I think maybe because she's like, you know, the rap it girl or something like that. Cause, I would not want them to do like I would be weary about how they would treat her. So I wouldn't want yep. them to do it. No, exactly. So yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's so much. There's a lot of layers to K-pop fandom and the racism in the fandom and how that racism is displayed. And I think it's an interesting case study. I think it's a lot of people say like, of course, like Wings is when they got like big, especially like, and really it was a little bit before Wings even in South Korea is when they really kind of started to get the attention of the public. But they really. <laughs> If you look at their fan base, if you, okay, I look at their fan base based on their album sales. And if you look at their album sales, the album that really, really blew up was Love Yourself Tear. That was like the album where they like had like, of course they had great sales before that, but that like was where they started setting those records with their sales. Like Map of the Soul Persona had like the something like the most pre-orders from a Korean artist or something like that. Like th that and and that all those sort of record type sales started occurring with Love Yourself Tear. Because before that, they it was very like contentious. Is it EXO that's the biggest group or BTS? But after Love Yourself era started, it was very clearly BTS. But before that, you could argue. You could say, no, well, EXO is still the nation's boy band. Which they, I mean, they kind of still are from like a moral standpoint or like a, not a moral, but you know what I mean? Like a, you know what I mean? Yeah. But from a sales culture, standpoint, yeah. right. The culture will probably still recognize more so EXO or even Big Bang, but like the sales standpoint, it's, it's BTS through and through because their fans are buying like 10 albums at once. So yeah. And probably so, yeah. doing it, but still saying that bundling is wrong. Okay. Yeah, even though when other yeah. people do it. Yeah. Mm. I'm gonna start right. bundling our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that has been my spiel. I think oh, I never answered your question. I know I've been talking a while, but look, I ain't talked in an hour, so <laughs> um I think that um I don't know if they're gonna continue. I really think if they gotta make a choice. This is gonna change. I really feel like this album might change their entire trajectory. Like, I think, Ash, you said that. 
they if it, if the album is what we like what it's been shown so far black swan and shadow i think that it'll change their trajectory for sure and bts is gonna have to make a choice do we want to keep this you know extra fluff in our fan base to fluff out our sales and make this money or do we want to you know, really be who we are ourselves as artists and really make the music that we want to make because they're going to lose a lot of fans in the process of doing it. They just are. A lot of those people who came in, like I said, around in the Love Yourself era, they don't like the early music. So they're not going to like, they don't like hip hop influenced music. And in fact, they'll tell you, a lot of those fans will say, well, the reason why I like it when BTS raps over American rap is because it's wholesome, is what they'll say. It doesn't sound like American rap. It's wholesome, right? Well, now you can't say that no more because it do sound like American rap. I mean, it kind of always did in us like the rap music did. But I mean, for the longest time, it was straight up bubblegum pop music. DNA is bubblegum pop. Boy With Love is bubblegum pop. Well, DNA is more um, like that EDM stuff, but it's still got that like pop boy feel. Uh, this song does not sound like bubblegum pop. And if the rest of their album sounds like this, they're going to lose fans and they're going to have to make that choice. Um, unless their fans do a 180. Yeah, they're going to lose fans and they're going to have to make that choice. And I hope they do, because I think that it will put the K-pop industry back into balance. You know what I mean? That's a good point. I You're saying like balance. It has been feeling ever since, you know, the whole bts broke out and k-pop has been becoming more global and everything but it does feel like things are off somehow what they about has been a curse ever since then you had look think about it (laughs) it does sound real crazy i'm not blaming this on bts but i'm just gonna share with you guys some some things that are coincidental ever since this whole globalization of k-pop and i won't even call that ever since bts broke out is what i'll say it seems like the K-pop gods have cursed the K-pop industry, man. It seems like all the music has been trash. Everybody's been getting in trouble left and right. Uh, you can't really, I mean, you can't even look at it as an outlet no more. The only good thing that came out of this era was Super M. Like, I'm exaggerating, obviously. There's been some great things that happened. But I'm just saying, like, come on now. We got to put it back in balance. We got to restore the balance. And I think... Right now, BTS is what we would call, um, if you play like NBA 2K, which I don't, but if you did, um, if I did, they're, they're what you call OP. Like, this is not even just 2K, it's any video game. It's OP's overpowered, right? And it's like an overpowered character or overpowered, like whatever, in a video game. BTS is the definition of OP. They are so overpowered right now um, that it seems like... It seems like there's no, it's like a league of their own. That's totally fine. You could be in a league of your own. As long as it's done the right way, that's totally fine. Problem is, is with BTS being a league of their own, it's done in the way that it's the same way that they're denouncing, which is, you know, the bundling and all of that. And it's, and that's why people were like, who was it, Tamar? It was some billboard writer or something like that, or some, some writer. And I, I, I'm going to make sure you edit this out just in case it's not her. Um, some writer who made a comment, it was like, it's kind of funny how when BTS was doing their acceptance speeches 
at the award shows, the end of the year award shows, they were saying something like, you know, um, we need to shift back towards honest selling, you know, selling music honestly and shift away from the said Jakey and all of this. stuff. And it's ironic. They're saying all that whilst their fans are buying 10, 11 albums and then just dropping them on cafe shop, you know, tables. It's, it's ironic they're saying this while their fans are zombie streaming. It's it's organic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I guess or I guess I guess their <laughs> definition of organic is as long as it's a fan, you know, not as long as you don't bundle it with a t-shirt. You can bundle it with a bunch of other stuff, just not a t-shirt or any other type of traditional merchandise, right? And honestly, like I honestly prefer bundling to buying multiple copies of an album because what are you going to do with those multiple copies of the album? Just throw them out, toss them away. At least if you bundle, you'll get a t-shirt out of it. You'll get a hat. You'll get something else that's useful. <laughs> and also bundling is, it, it can be not always, but it can be more representative of how many like fans you actually have because if you're buying multiple albums, you're one fan buying 10 albums. Uh, just because you bundle something doesn't mean you're going to buy 10 of the same bundle. No, it just you're trying to incentivize fans who wouldn't otherwise buy the album to buy the album. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. you're trying to ins- instead of like having one person buy 10 albums, you're having 10 people buy one album by giving them a T-shirt to throw in with it. Exactly. Right. So that's a more representative of how many fans you actually have, which is important because that's, those are going to be the people who fill um, seats at concerts. Yes, always. Um, so good point. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We actually <laughs> talked a lot more about this topic than I was expecting. <laughs> Not gonna lie. <laughs> I don't think you wanted to talk about it because y'all was quiet the whole time. So it was no, it's fascinating. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, Jimin, you know more about this clearly. But I mean, I find it fascinating. It's something to add to the thesis along with the other race and K pop <laughs> sub topics and topics because it's just maybe that's what we could have on the show like we could invite like a phd candidate who's trying to like write their like who's writing an interesting dissertation about this type of stuff we just need to have like a whole panel we're talking about like kcon like just get all of the like black k-pop um podcasters and just do a freaking panel and just put it out there because i like to see the real numbers on all this stuff it'd be yeah interesting. yeah i yeah i mean yeah as ash said it is very interesting i don't really know much about like the ins and outs of the bts fandom because you just see them like being themselves sometimes <laughs> on the timeline and you're just like uh um, <laughs> most of uh, them are X1D fans. I'm telling you now, most of them are X1D fans, or they are other kind of K-pop fans who hopped on the BTS train because you know there are people who do that. But then you know they got fanatical about it because a lot of people who fall for BTS um, are the type of people who, and when I say fall for, I mean become these hardcore fans. They are the type of people who have certain type of personalities, like. You know, some people, if you have an addictive personality, you'll get addicted to anything. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not saying addictive personalities, but like personalities that fall for the, you know, love yourself thing or even the boyfriend thing or whatever, you know? Yeah, I get it. 
So, all right. All right. Well, this was another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, as always, you can catch us, uh, our episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify, um, Podbean, iTunes, almost anywhere where you can get your um, podcasts. And also, we made a little announcement on our last episode that we were in the process of getting a website and it is here we do have our very own website for not your average netizens and you can find the link on our twitter and on our other social media pages but the web address is nyanetizens.wixsite.com forward slash website that is our address and if you go there, you'll find lots of extra goodies. You'll find our podcast, of course, but you'll also find blogs by us um, and other things that are forthcoming to the website. So always keep an eye on that. Of course, we'll be promoting uh, some of those things on social media. Feel free to drop us a line in notyouraversenhesons at gmail.com. Uh, we are always looking for any comments or criticisms or just anything from you guys to help um, improve engagement and conversation between um, us and the listeners. And I think, is there anything else that I'm forgetting? It's late. <laughs> so my mind is kind of scrambled. Anything else? Shout outs. Shout out yes. to um shout out to Jungle. And uh shout out to um to Nat for consistently referring to 2 p.m. as sluts. I don't know what that where that came from, but uh okay. <laughs> uh okay. <laughs> <laughs> um I I totally missed that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, shout outs. Do I have shout outs? Um, I feel like I don't have shout outs. Okay. Shout outs to Vegeta and Trunks briefs because I've been really, really into Dragon Ball Z again. <laughs> and I just got the entire series of Dragon Ball Super. So I'm even more excited <laughs> and obsessed with these people. Uh, and then I want to do a shout out out to Lisa from Blackpink stay being you and I think that's it I don't really have any K-pop shout outs oh you know what shout out to Atiz and Astro you're doing good things that's okay. it for me yeah <laughs> very cool um shout out to Wonder Girls just cause I kind of miss them. I'm kind of not really impressed with the girl group um, output at the moment. So I'm listening to Reboot, and that is a awesome K-pop album. Those of you that have not listened to Reboot, you should. All right. 
if that is it, then again, thank you guys for staying with us throughout this podcast. Thank you, Jimin. Thank you, Nat, uh, for such a great discussion. And we will catch you on the very next podcast. Bye, Bye everyone.